Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror, Freddy, Jason, The Meg, but who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the terror, the ones who didn't get to tell their tales. Folks, I have no business acumen whatsoever. I wouldn't be able to run a business if my whole life depended on it. But if I did have to run one, what I would hope is that a murderous military veteran would come back into town and boost sales. I found out about that this week with our guest. Welcome back, neighbors. Uh, just a quick heads up. Again, we tell you all the time, if you like the show, please rate and review us. No better way to get the show out than giving us a nice rate and review. It takes just a few seconds and it gets people out there familiar with the show. So thank you for your support if you're kind enough to do that. But this week we are joined by Jason Horton. Jason, thanks for doing this, pal. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm well. We, uh, we, we've we been talking about the movie we're going to do, but a lot about Rambo. A lot of it. There's, a, I mean, you think like how much is there to talk about? There's a lot. I, I don't think I've talked enough about Rambo up yeah. until this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't talk enough about it. So I'm glad to um, have a reason. When I was a kid, for Christmas, I think it was Christmas, I got the John Rambo green Jeep and the Rambo figure with the big, you know, machine gun, uh, and I loved it because wasn't yeah. it was a cartoon too, right? Oh yeah, they made it a new cartoon. I remember, I think it was, it might've been Rambo. It was one of them where he was really cold. So instead of wearing no shirt, I think he wore a sleeveless sweatshirt with the hood. Like that was his like cold wear. Cause he normally <laughs> was wearing no shirt at all. So he's like, right. it's very cold in the Himalayas or wherever he was, uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't know, but he was just wearing a white sleeveless hooded sweatshirt. Yeah. And that was his warm wear. I re watching the, the Rocky movies, like the way he looked in like one and two is just kind of like a regular guy. And then four, when he takes that robe off and he's all oiled up and just cut out of stone. And it's like, Oh, something's been going on. Somebody's been dipping into the roids. I was, uh, in Philadelphia. My brother was in Philadelphia and I, I like to do things where I go to, uh, famous kind of like movie locations and yeah. then take a picture in that spot. Mm -hmm. So I did one in front of, uh, Rocky's ha apartment oh, and, nice. and is a very dangerous area. Is it really? Yeah. And I looked at other pictures. I was like, oh, there's, you know, it looks like there's like college girls taking pictures there. And I went there and we drove over hypodermic needles oh, and no. it was really sketchy. We were like, let's get, I mean, it's in a tough, my brother, you know, works in that area and kind of in the law enforcement world. So he knows, oh, man. but I needed that pick. You know what I mean? You got to get it. Are you yeah. from Philly? Were you, uh, no, I'm from originally originally from New Jersey, but I grew okay. up uh, about an hour outside of the city in, in New York. So always nice. always in that area. And then uh, now I'm in LA, baby. <laughs> Did you do the Sopranos tour? Because I know that was a big thing. So here, here's my thing with the Sopranos. I just took a picture. You know, I just watched the Sopranos in full. I've always seen a bunch of episodes because uh -huh. I'm from New Jersey and I've always got it kind of turned off in the fact that people used to make fun of New Jersey. And then with the Jersey Shore and Sopranos, everyone like wanted to be from New Jersey. All of a sudden it was <laughs> a big right. switch and i was resentful of that so i've only seen a couple episodes of sopranos and i and i love gangster movies uh, but i finally finished it like a couple of months ago and i went to where the uh the ice cream well, it was an ice cream shop uh kind of uh, diner where it's the very last scene of the sopranos if you've seen the final episode yeah. so and i took a photo it's on my instagram the jason horton but i do that that's like my <laughs> hobby is yeah uh, and it kind of ties into what i do with my, my podcast but uh yeah i took a i took a picture there and i and i was uh an 
an extra on a Sopranos ep- episode. We really back when I was living down there, and I had never even watched the show. I mean, it did it for money, but but I was of like, this, and it was like it's being part of something cool. Um, but yet, it took me this long to actually watch every single episode through. Does it hold up? I haven't seen it since since it aired. It holds up as far as character development. Some of the acting is really not good. Yeah, uh, not by the main cast, but uh, some of the acting is is, is really suspect, and it <laughs> looks very. Even though it's it's ahead of its time, it's some of it. I think it gradually changes, but the, like the first season looks really even for that year, it looks not good. Maybe the way it's compressed on HBO or something like that. But oh, really? it's it, it, it it's 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 definitely dated. But as far as like character development and all that kind of stuff, I think it's still like a cl- you know, classic. Uh, you mentioned your podcast. Yeah, Ghost did Town. I do that? You did. Oh you did. no, not again. No, yeah, I don't want to hear about yeah. it. Uh, talk to me about Ghost Town. Ghost Town uh, is a it covers essentially places that are either haunted, abandoned, uh, like weird history happened there, mm-hmm. scenes of true crime. And that's kind of the world that it's in. So it doesn't necessarily focus on the people. The people aren't the center. It's the place of the center. And then yeah. obviously it, it changes from there. And uh, I'm very into, like I said, it became my interest in historic uh, movie locations, filming locations, uh, historic Los Angeles. And uh, my co-host, Rebecca, she does haunted tours in LA. And she's you know, she's an expert in, in a lot of that. And especially when it comes to Los Angeles and we both love LA and it's not always about LA, but we do a lot of LA. And then we also, what makes us a little bit different, uh, which we do a lot is we actually have gone to or go to the places that we talk about. So there's a little bit of firsthand experience, which, you know, you, some people do, but you don't always get, and we yeah. can't, you know, I, we can't go back in time to some of these things and, and do some of these things. Uh, but we try to go to places that we've experienced and kind of like, kind of come at it, um, with that perspective. Do you have like a, a top drawer place that you've been to one that's like, you know, your favorite I, uh, I mean, I, the abandoned Hawthorne Plaza Mall uh, is, I love abandoned malls, and that's yeah. a hard one to get in. I filmed a, uh, and I didn't even know I was going there. I didn't know that was location, but I filmed a movie there. And when I was there, I was like, do you realize where we are? They're like, then nobody else cared but me, really. <laughs> right, but I was right. like, this has been on my list for like ever, and we're here. So that was like one of those things, one of those things for me. Uh, was there was, a lot of that uh, in New Jersey? Growing up, did you have like places like little haunts, local haunts in New York? Uh, New York. I mean, New York City. I mean, I grew, New York, up, I mean I grew up going to New York City from like the late, starting in like the late 70s. I remember being like on, I remember the Guardian Angels and being on the subways. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, the crime and the, I mean, there's always been crime, but I remember the 1980s. And then I used to go to like a lot of punk shows like CBGBs. So yeah. like uh, a lot of those things are uh, obviously are, are pretty amazing. Like, you know, the Dakota where John Lennon got shot has always been like, obviously. I did that lovely. when I was there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, uh, got to pay your respects. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, then, you know, it was like 9-11. But it's also a lot. Of, I, I did one recently about the Tompkins Square Park riots. I'm very into <laughs> riots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like really like riots, chaos, disaster, Things like that um, yeah. are, you know, we're, you know, we're not super, I'm not going to say where we are, we're not super far, you know, talk about the Northridge earthquake, mm-hmm. um, which my now wife was actually in and survived because she oh, wasn't wow. where she was supposed to be and she would not have been there. But I always make the joke, then I was like, well, then I'd be on Tinder right now, just swiping, <laughs> baby. Um, <laughs> just cleaning up. Yeah. So I like to, I mean, but I, I love Los Angeles and I love celebrating um, LA. Oh, we went, uh, we did a three episode about Janis Joplin in the hotel room that she died in oh, uh, wow. on, on Franklin. Yeah. So that was, pre- we had a, a, a medium come in there and then we had a little like celebration. So that was 
pretty neat. Like anything pretty, like it doesn't always have to be like morbid, but it kind of helps if it's a little bit on the weirder or darker side uh, for us to kind of, kind of tackle it. I lived in Chicago for many years and I always, even though it's not there anymore, I really wanted to go to the Gacy house. Oh yeah. But it's been, I mean, since yeah. it's been torn down, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's right up. Yeah. I mean, that would be those poor bastards that have to live there now. Yeah. I know. Well, or either that or they're, maybe they're into it. Or maybe. Yeah, yeah. It could yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you mentioned the Dakota and, uh, when I was in New York, I went there and I, this is going to sound so silly. It, it might even just be stupid, but one of the things that really kind of took me aback was that it's still just a functioning operating hotel and apartment and building. And it was just like, this is so, it's crazy to think that that's where he was murdered and you can just walk right up to it. I mean, music like died there, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, you can say that about a lot of different things, but that was definitely one of the places where, where that everything kind of changed uh, when it came to, you know, and that's what's really, I mean, solidified. I mean, the Beatles were already solidified by then, but I mean, that really, and John Lennon definitely helped. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what else to say about it. Uh, did you see yesterday? Uh, I did not. No. It looked good, but also. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, yeah, you know. Th- there's a part in there where I don't want to ruin yeah. it for you. But. Yeah. I- I'm interested in seeing it, but I don't know if I really feel like having like, a good time hearing Beatles-like songs. I think that's the thing that really, I I don't know if I liked it or if I just liked hearing the Beatles music. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw Love in Las Vegas, which was a little bit different. So that was fun because people are just jumping around. Yeah. Very athletic, good-looking people jumping <laughs> jumping around, which, which you know, I, was, I, I enjoy that. Uh, big, I mean, you, you talk about it, like you have a lot of passion for it, but Beatles, big classic favorite. Yeah. Always. All time. Yeah. My father got me into music. Uh, and you know, some things it took me a little, like even the, Bruce Springsteen took me a long time to get into aside yeah. from born in the USA and, and born to run. Uh, so it took me a while to kind of get into that Bob Dylan. And I never, except for a few songs, never really caught on to, but most of them my dad got me into, I stuck with. I, uh, it, so it, it, second city, they do the 24 hour fundraiser every year. I think I did one in LA. Did you? I got very sick after it. So I was up for 24 <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, but one year James McCartney was there and he and I wound up in a room together alone through, through just circumstance. And we chatted up for like 15 minutes and he's a super nice guy, but it took every part of me not to be like, so what's your dad? And he mentioned at one point, he's like, I, what are you doing after this? He said, I'm flying to New York to meet my dad. And I, I just had to like, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Did you see this? Any of his, uh, I went to not the one that just happened, which Ringo Starr played at, but I went to the, uh, his show at the, uh, Dodger Stadium of Paul McCartney's. I didn't. I know. I missed it. I wish. I wish I went to the one that Ringo. Because I was hoping. I was like, Yeah, Ringo's gonna come out, and he did yeah. that one, but he did this one. I was like, Oh man. I went to. I was at the Greek on Monday on Southern National, and okay. it killed me because the night before Ringo had been there. Yeah, I've I, never seen him. I've yeah. seen Paul a couple of times, yeah. but never Ringo. Kind of feel that. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> he was just here, and I mean the National was fine, but I wanted to see Ringo. Yeah. Uh, I got to take my mom to go see Paul in Chicago, okay. which was super. I was fun. Like, the Nationals, like that's pretty, yeah. She, she loves the Nationals, loves it. Loves <laughs> her old stuff though. I mean, yeah, no, real, the demo. Stuff. Not a big fan of the Beatles, but yeah. can't get enough of the National. Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, that was really cool. As somebody, she had never seen him, so like to watch her enjoy it on a level that. I, I don't understand, but yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. And my mom was just out here for the first time, I think. Uh, she, you know, I've been out here for quite a while and, uh, she had a great time, but she's never seen me do, I mean, doing comedy for a long time and, um, uh, it doesn't seem like it, but I, I have, um, <laughs> 
but I, uh, she saw me do stand up, which I've only been doing for like two years, which is kind of new for me. Which, yeah. And, you know, I was like, this is probably the only time you're going to see me to do stand up. <laughs> right. And, you know, how many things can go wrong in my control, out of my control? And it just turned out to be like really, really good. It was just like an amazing, I couldn't have asked for a better experience with that. And I'm so glad she was there to see that. That's great. So now she can never see me do anything. Yeah. That's it. For that, sure. No, no way. I don't uh, care. Yeah. I've, my mom has seen me do, uh, stuff with the second city, yeah. but it's all when I tour it, so it's all best of. So everything yeah. crushes, yeah. and I don't ever want her to see anything. Yeah, it's, it's not just a random thir- Thursday night. No, I don't want her to listen jam. to this. Yeah. I don't want her to see me improvise. Yeah, I don't want to. See, I don't want her to see anything. Yeah. Uh, what What's your comedy roots? So did you start in New Jersey, or I mean, in, in, I've always been kind of interested. I've always loved uh, like just more from the movies, but I've always loved like Richard Pryor and Brewster's mm-hmm. Millions and uh, the character of Jack Tripper in Three's Company. And then I think I really f- latched onto something when the state came out and um, yeah and i went and saw them at nyu and you know when they were taping the show and that was like it to me between jack tripper and and his character john ritter in three's company and the state i was like i love this and i want to i would love to do this like that to me was either the meryl streep or, or you know what i mean uh of of what i wanted to do and then uh you know stella came out and i've always kind of followed that and then uh, coming uh i moved to san diego never been to california never really done comedy formally at 30 almost is when i first started wow. doing it at 30 yeah and i kind of found improv and then i started taking commuting up to los angeles to go to io and then I eventually moved, and then it was just I.O., UCB, some second city, mm-hmm. interning, cleaning toilets, paying for classes, um, you know, performing as much as I can. Uh, you know, UCB was really great. Like, I got to do a lot of sketch there. Not, It's hard to get stage time at UCB, especially sure. now, yeah. now but yeah. back yeah. then. But I got to, you know, I got to, to take classes from all, not Amy Poehler, but everyone, all the, you know, UCB people, a lot of really great teachers, performed with a lot of great people, and I.O. was amazing. I got more stage time there and I got to yeah. coach and be on Harold teams and um, teach and, and, and all that stuff. And then that was like I don't know, 12, 13 years. And I was like, let me take a break. And then I was like, I want to get into stand up because everyone assumed I was a stand up. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I mean, it's just like, where can we see you do stand up? And for years, it's like, I don't do stand up. They're like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Look at your face. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was writing some stand up for some other people. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just try this. And then about two years ago, uh, I just started. I went to like, a hundred open mics in like a month and a half or something like that. Yeah. I, I went insane, but it's no different than what I was doing on Twitter. Uh, you know, I made a name for myself on YouTube um, back in the day, which helped kind of open up a lot of doors for me uh, doing sketch. So all those things, improv, or whatever. Now I'm just doing uh, when I do stand up, and it's really no different than that. But it's uh, terrifying. I don't. I mean, I've gotten, I've done. You know, you should probably perform for a lot of people. I performed in front of thousands of people. No word at the. I, I performed at the Palladium in LA oh, for wow, a festival. Yeah. yeah, for like a kind of a internet festival. Yeah. No fear. Uh, but getting up in front of an open mic in front of four people, a panic attack every single time. I don't care how long I've been doing this. It's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's terrifying because I think it's just just me and my jokes that um, you know, I'm either working on or, or trying new ones. And it's uh, it's got, it's it's going fine. I mean, it's, I have no complaints on it, yeah. but it's just, it's, you know, I can't put the time into it like I could maybe, you know, you know, 20 years ago, I probably should have started doing it. But I do, I mean, performing in Oakland uh, next week, and then um, it's, I performed in Europe, uh, Prague, oh, wow. and Berlin. Yeah, I'm, I'm I do. Oh, pretty... so you're like, you're on a different level from like where I'm at when I say like, oh, I'm going to try some old mics. So like you're doing it. Well, I think it's only the fact is like they, I kind of, you know, my, my Instagram is verified. So they're like, all right. <laughs> like they just That's assume, great. Uh, you know, I have decent tape, but I'm like no better or worse. I think it's because I'm, 
you're just as okay as everyone else that might be doing it here. And, yeah. you know, if, if you're in Europe and it's usually American speaking clubs, but you know, it's nice somebody from, from America. Uh, and I mean, in LA, I don't have like, I mean, I don't have like a ton of luck or anything like that, but I mean, there's just so much of it out here. There's just, yeah, there's just so much of it out there. And I just, you know, just kind of, I'm somebody like, I don't read notes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, you know, somebody bring notes and only because I'm afraid that I'm going to read something like, like, I think one time I tried to do it and I was like, taco seasoning, toilet paper. I was like, this is not, this is the thing, my list <laughs> right. for the supermarket. These, I was yeah. like, I'm not doing this anymore. So, but I'm very into like, you know, especially I'm doing a sh- like a show show. I'm like always very prepared. Yeah. You know, I, I don't go there. I don't like wing it. I mean, I might improvise based on what yeah. somebody said or something that happens, but 85% of the time, like I'm doing something prepared as a performance um you know and i think what works for me is uh people like oh you are the guy that you're talking about like i'm not getting up there and being like yeah so i was like banging all these chicks lately and it's like crazy man you know what i mean yeah. like, i was just talking about agent like i don't do that it's just like mm. i was blown away when i first got out here uh my friend liz and i went to do an open mic and i was blown away at the first mic i'd done how many guys were talking about how big their dicks were yeah it's still a thing yeah it's i mean it's great I mean, yeah, it's great, but they're never big enough. You know what I mean? No, they they're not. Always, they're never big enough. That's the problem. <laughs> they can always be a little bigger. They always, they, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't get up in the morning for less than. No, I'm sad because yeah, I need a bigger one. <laughs> yeah, um, you'd mentioned the state. I like because as a kid, I grew up in uh, just outside of Detroit, so we had uh, the kids in the hall. We got that CBC feed from Windsor, but it was just comedy and monsters was my childhood pretty much. Uh, and when you'd mentioned the state. Like Porcupine Racetrack was a great musical. It's amazing. And another one that I always loved was uh, the, the Jew, the Italian, and the redhead gay. Yeah, they all live awesome. together on Avenue A. So great. They were so great. Uh, and yeah, I, it's just, I, I wanted to do that. <laughs> Do you, uh, is Keegan-Michael Keyes from Detroit, right? Is yeah. Because I've been working on a show, uh, this is why Rebecca's not here, but she's the writer and producer on a show called Brain Games coming out on mm-hmm. uh, Disney Plus or Nat Geo, and uh, I did a couple episodes mm-hmm. of it. And then, so for a couple of weeks I was working and I got to like work with uh, Keegan-Michael Key, which was amazing. I, I mean, hear he's a very nice guy. So nice. And like, he, like he'll read a, te- like there's a teleprompter and it's like whatever's on there is okay, but when he reads it. I was like, the first time, it is like a cold read. I was like, you made these words that are like pretty, like whatever, sound really interesting and funny. Yeah. So I was like, that's, I remember because there were some other people from Detroit there and they were all talking about Detroit. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I didn't know he was from Detroit, but um, he brought that up. I was talking to, we did a, like a teacher's thing at Second City and Josh Funk was talking about him because they're really, they're good Mm -hmm. pals. And he was talking like, apparently like Keegan's a classically trained actor, like, yeah. you know, studied it at Wayne state. And like, so yeah, the, yeah, he's, he's pretty legit. Yeah. He's, I think he's good at it. I think he's okay. I, I mean, think he's, he's like a six. I mean, whatever. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, you Didn't know, like 10, 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that other Maybe guy, he'll be in this seat. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah. know. Yeah. And that other guy he works with, you know. Yeah. Greg, what's, I don't know what his name is. I don't, don't know. Matter. Yeah. It doesn't I matter. I call him the other guy. Yeah. The other guy. Yeah. The other one. The he one was with, a, he was actually there that one of the days too, and I got them to watch them like work together. And I was oh, like, really? This is so, fu- oh man, this is so fun. You guys are having so much fun, and you're so good at it, and effortless yeah. with it. So, well, what's it like with you and Rebecca? What's your what's your process like for? I mean, we've been you know we know each other through improv, but we've been writing together for a long time, and yeah. um, I think we just kind of know each other well, and we work together well. And you know, she just she brings a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. I think I bring a lot to the table when it comes to like marketing. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> oh, one yeah. thing I'll, I'll never. 
like brag about myself when it comes to marketing i'm pretty good uh so but she brings a lot of uh kind of like an authentic feel to it you know what I, mean? yeah. but I think what makes things work what we do is we are we both have enthusiasm and we are both genuine you know we're not like mm, true crime is like hot right now so let, let's just talk about force ourselves into that we just happen to really enjoy it and i think people and i've learned this from doing youtube like why are some things successful and why are some things not is because for better or for worse um, people can sense when you're being authentic and you are consistent and can, can replicate. Because if you did, you know, if you put up this podcast once every two months and then two in a month, there'd be no consistency and you wouldn't right. have any success or following and nobody would find a reason to subscribe like mm -hmm. they should have already done by now. Uh, <laughs> a little plug for you. Thanks, buddy. A little fun for you. But I think that's, I think there are enthusiasm and, and um, interest and, you know, some bring some level of. I don't know if you call it like expertise. It's not expert. What is expertise? But at least we bring, we put a little work into it um, just by going to the places that we go to. Or, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, we've just always worked together and, you know, we're kind of technically developing a, a, re, a scripted and non-scripted show based on the podcast, which oh, is very, cool. very exciting. And uh, I have like kind of like a pending book uh, proposal out there. Buddy. I mean, we'll see. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know what I mean? Until then. Um, that's still great though, man. Congratulations. Being broke. You know what I mean? Being broke. Yeah. Until that's then, it. being broke. That's it. Being broke. Uh, a friend of mine, when you'd said that, I, I try to do that with this and a friend of mine had listened to it and the nicest compliment he gave me was that it sounds like you're having a really good time. I think and, people just yeah. want to like, whether they're, you know, cause where are they? They're commuting or they're on a treadmill right. or they're walking or whatever. Um, they're not doing something fun or cool while they're listening to a Fuck podcast. No, they're Why cleaning they the house or something. Yeah, no, I know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I think if you're bring some level of whatever that is, is fun or interest or intrigue, that's all that it, Yeah. I mean, you know, especially if it comes to certain subjects, I mean, the subjects we've talked about have been covered before. Sure. It's just a matter of did we bring it to your attention first or do, do you want to hear it through the vessel of us? And that's how I am with a lot of podcasts. I like, I can get that information. Interview podcasting, get that anywhere. Right. The, everyone has the same answers, but do, how do I, how do I want to receive that? And I just hope some people might want to receive it through uh, ghost town. <laughs> you got a favorite horror monster? Monster? Or character? Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Um, I've always... I've always loved, uh, you know, Michael Myers and Halloween one. I mean, because it, it's hard to, I mean, I, I, I saw the last Halloween that just came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was actually in Berlin when I saw it. So it was weird. Cause I was like, it was subtitled. Oh, <laughs> and wow. it, it was in English, but it was subtitled in, um, in German. And I was always like trying to understand, I was like, how old is Michael Myers now? 75? Yeah, he's gonna be pretty, he's, getting, he's up there. But he moves like he's 12. So very agile. yeah. So that's what I was just trying to understanding the Michael Myers character, which I think is now is just lore. Right. You, there's no need to justify whatever it is, but just thinking of like, you can have a character like that and we don't question the fact that it is a human being. Right. I don't know. Right. Uh, uh, you know, the movie wasn't really that great, but it was fun, I guess. You I mean, know, I, I feel like such a, such a fool because I, I loved it and I don't know if it's good or bad. It's not, yeah. I, I just loved seeing it. In I, the I think the thing is that, uh, uh, that she, uh, why is her name escaping me right now? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. She's been spending all that time just building up like an 
Arsenal. I was just a little, but I get it. It's part of the <laughs> thing. Sure. Which, it's just like the little kind of plot holes. Like you spent like forty something years to just do all this stuff, just waiting for him to. Come, which I get that, but it was. Just, I found it like a little bit just in watching the movie. But then, of course, the fun parts were always you know fun when he shows up. Like yeah, that first scene is amazing when it's almost like that checkerboard. Mentalism. Oh, it's yeah. It's so I mean, like that's like an, I that was like wide oh, shot of like, yeah. yeah that was so great. Good. Yeah, that was great. Uh, well. Buddy, you we're gonna have two more chances to figure it out because we're getting two more movies. Yeah. So And he'll be what, 106 and 143? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Very brittle bones. Yeah. Uh well, Jason, thank you so much for coming by, man. Thanks it's for been having so me. fun talking to you. Uh thank we're gonna take a quick break and we come back, we're gonna talk to Bob. Hey neighbors, Adam and Nate here to talk to you about Patreon. Now, this podcast is possible due to our Patreon patrons, and you can become one by going to patreon.com slash my neighbors are dead. Supporting the show on Patreon's easy. You pay what you can, and in return, you get my neighbors are dead merch, behind the scenes info on how we make the show, a shout out on future episodes, and more. You may be wondering what we use this money for. Well, we use it for things like production costs, website hosting, traveling for the show, and our monthly meds. We are both severely medicated sad but true now podcasting isn't cheap and we appreciate any help you can give if you'd like to see how you can help out the show go to patreon.com slash my neighbors are dead thanks for listening and now back to the show well uh bob thank you yeah thanks for having me of course i i'm I'm happy that you could get some time away to come talk to me for a little bit. Business is booming. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's what you were saying earlier. Things are really wow. Going well. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, did you find the place okay? Yeah, it was totally fine. I brought I bought myself a brand new Bronco, so getting here was easy peasy. That is a beautiful car. I'm making. Printing money, practically. Uh, well, let me introduce you. I'm talking yeah. to Bob of Bob and Bev's Body Bag Service. Yes. Based out of Hope, Washington. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, kind of an unusual uh, market that you're in. You know what? I uh, it's the, My father did it, and his father did it, and it worked out for them, but then people, uh, they stopped uh, dying so young. Yeah, it seems like people are living a lot longer than they used to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we have people that die of old age, you know, from you know, smoking or eating uh, greasy food and not exercising, but that's standard, but... <laughs> Oh boy, are the bodies dropping and business is booming. Well, I think, I mean, a big thing you got going on is that you're in Hope, Washington. Oh yeah, you now, know. <laughs> of course. Now the, uh, I, I guess the new home of one John Rambo. Nobody wants him there, but uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. They're not interested in him yeah. being there. He's, uh, you know, he's got to, you know, he's a, you know, it's like, thank you for your service. You know what I mean? He fought, uh, in, you know, in Vietnam and and, and uh, uh, nobody, he's not bothering anybody, but uh, I'm loving him being there. Well, let's, I kind of want to talk to you about two periods. Let's talk about pre-John Rambo. Okay. What was the body bag business like then? I mean, I'm, I, mean I uh, you know, I would have... Uh, 
Going out of business sales, fire sales, buy 10 body bags, get 57 free. Yeah. That was my big 57 promotion, arbitrary number. But people were just like, oh, we'll just go to, uh, you know, this, you know, we either go to the mortuary or whatever and they take care of that. We don't need a body bag. It's, uh, you know, especially if a crime hasn't been committed. Right. And the police are like, yeah, we'll take 10, but I think it's just because they feel bad for me. So, and, and yeah. Bev. So, uh, but when, uh, whew, it changed. I, it's funny that you said that because I thought, Body bags, that's for everybody, right? When they die, a lot of people die. But if it's not a crime, you don't really need a body bag, do you? You don't. You don't need to bag it and tag it, as they say. Bag uh, it and tag it. Yeah. We got tags, too, by the way. Oh, great. They come with each body bag, yeah. Uh, and them separately. Is Bev your wife? Wife, uh, yeah. Partner, okay. She's sticking with me, too. It was touch and go. Yeah. She was like, I don't, I'm not hitching myself to this, ending, uh, this star anymore. But now she is, she got herself a Bronco, too. You both you have two Broncos, two Broncos, two Ford Broncos. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, they're both the same too. So we, sometimes we have the wrong key. For, I don't know why we didn't get ones with different colors, but we're not used to spending a lot. So yeah, um, got confused. How long have you and Bev been together? Oh God, I guess I was um, si- technically uh, since we were nine, officially since twelve. That's congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I have a worldview though. And how old do you know? I am gonna be forty. That's incredible. Yeah. So you guys, I mean, so she knew you. She knew you pre-success, but she knew you were in the body bag biz, body bag business. Well, and she knew my 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 father was, and, and yeah. his father was, uh, because uh, we would have guests over. We uh, would run, we didn't have like an air mattress or next mm-hmm. room, so we would just stack up the body bags, uh, which is which is pretty morbid. And then sometimes the kids would play in it, and uh, then you see them trying to get out. And then uh, I think it might have um, developmentally wasn't great. I can't imagine. No, it wasn't. Uh, but uh, you know what? Waste not, want not. And well, here you are. So now you're you're struggling. Things are tough. <sighs> you and Bev, you're you're hanging on by just a thread. You're going yeah. day to day. Out of nowhere, this Vietnam veteran John Rambo comes back, and your whole world changes. I mean, it really uh, things blew up literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things yeah. were. <sighs> Getting blown up, people running around, like running around like a bunch of smacked asses. And uh, I was like, uh oh. And then, uh, you know, the police chief is like, uh, oh, hey, you got any of those body bags? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> You're talking about Will Tessel, Teasel. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he was like, why don't you just get a real job? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, he's kind of a bully, it seems like. I mean, you, you know, know, he's he's not used to, you know, it's a one horse town. Well, the chickens have come home to roost because Absolutely. now he's knocking at your door. Oh, boy. I'm. It's great. We have a delivery service. Do you? Mm-hmm. And they just take the bags out to mm-hmm. wherever these corpses are? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this guy, John Rambo, I mean, have you met him? Like, what's, what is, do you have a relationship with him or are you just very grateful for his? He, uh, I was like, uh, hey, John. And I think uh, uh, his PTSD got on him because he just whipped around and gave him the thousand yard stare. And then he pointed his uh, a Bowie knife uh, at my eye. Like, but he wasn't near me, but he pointed at my eye. And you I was tell like, it was aimed at your eye. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was just like, hey, hey, listen, I get it. I didn't get it, but I just said that. I don't know what that means. Um, you must have been terrified. Um, at, you know what? Yeah, at first, but uh, he seemed to just be interested in uh, s- like slicing and dicing uh, law enforcement. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I have, uh, I have a, a nephew, uh, uh, Glenn, who is in the, pl- that's how I got word of this. I didn't, they were heard, uh, the Colonel, um, uh, Troutman, mm-hmm. uh, he was just like, you know, if you going to deal with him, you're going to need a lot more body bags. So word got back to me and I was just like, what? Uh, and it turned out, yeah, they need a lot of body bags. They, they're not learning their lesson. I don't understand. They just You'd keep coming at them. leave them alone. 
you would think after a couple of dozen, they'd be like, you know what? Just let him just, he's just there with his sleeping bag and his bandana, leave him alone. Uh, but nope, they don't like hippies. But this is great for you. It's so good. I mean, you're me. seeing dollar signs. Like I'm the richest person here. You, without a doubt, you are the richest person. You I'm, drive a Ford Bronco. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Vietnam War? Oh, boy. Um, well, you know what? I mean, listen, uh, a lot of great songs came out of it. Oh, uh oh, up, mm, I, everybody is hanging around. Uh, and uh, that was good. I mean, we lost a lot of good uh, men there. Um, Very sad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I dropped out of school at 17, so I might have missed that. Um, and e- even a couple years before that, I wasn't really checked in. So you you missed you weren't drafted you you didn't sign up you kind of no. you got off on them. No, I had like a bum everything. Oh really? Yeah. You got bad joints. Bad joints. Good joints gone bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just didn't work out. Um, what do you do? You think you would have been a good soldier? I mean, you know, physicality aside, the, do you have the mental acuity for it? Do you think? Because I I don't I don't I you know my brother is, but I I don't I can't do it. I could stuff a body in a body bag in point three seconds. So in that sense, yeah, if they need that, is that a thing? Does that help? You can stuff a body in a body bag in 0.3 seconds? Yes. That's incredible. I call it the whip it and snip it and rip it. Whip it, snip it, and rip it. That's incredible. Does it fa- does does body weight factor into that? Does Bigger you know, the better, I say. Really? Well, because we charge more for the extra, extra large. Oh, okay. So they come in different sizes. We call it the duplex. <laughs> the duplex. I, I, I mean, that's, I didn't even know they came in different sizes. We, call, we have was... one called the bunk bed. The bunk bed, please tell me that's where you stack two bodies on top of each other. It is, and there's like a layer in between. Okay. Um, but nobody calls top bunk. I can't imagine. Nobody wants that, right? Uh, do you ever get bothered by any of this? Does it ever gross you out at all? Or, I mean, I mean like the hauntings and night terrors? Like that? I was talking more about just seeing the grotesqueness of these murders, but ah, no. now that you mentioned night terrors and hauntings, uh, I want to explore that. Um. Well, I mean, I mean, I pretty much, you know, if you're like buried in uh, like, a, like a Indian burial ground, sure. like that's bad. Yeah. I think I created a burial ground that's now haunted. I've, I'm the originator of a, a burial ground. What do you do to cope with that? That's a lot of stress. Uh, you know, a lot of crosses, they flip upside down, uh, sometimes, uh, try to use sage, but I burnt myself and then, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes a couple of chants and, uh, I don't know. I just would, I, I'm just kind of, I mean, the money's so good. I, I think I would probably be willing to deal with that for the amount of money that you're making too. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I had terrors before of just, uh, you know, abject poverty. So this is much better. And you were faced with that real horror before John showed up. Yeah, he's uh, he's a real cash cow. Yeah. What are you going to do if he moves? I mean, like, you know, what if he goes somewhere else? Um, well, I can't let him leave, I guess. I I think that's probably, for your business, that's probably the best best course of action. I mean, the payments on these Broncos are insane. We did not negotiate well. Really? What'd you put down? Uh, n- not my word. <laughs> oh, so you just walked in, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I walked in. I said, take my word for it. And, um, and what are your monthly payments? Uh, so, uh, well, this is for both. Mm-hmm. $3,300. Wow. For two Ford Broncos? Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And what about your low, do you have low APR financing? Um, is 38 low percent? You know what? I, I don't really know. I just okay. kind of threw that out because it's- Well, it's less than a hundred, so pretty that's, good. It's got to be Sounds good. low. I talked, them, I talked them down too. Any features on the Bronco, like automatic locks or windows or anything? Um, places for guns. Yeah, yeah. Places for guns, uh, body bag bundles, bundles. Oh, that's got to be 
that's got to be the well, because I can drive by and there's a uh, I had it built in where I can just pull a lever and it ejects a bunch of body bags. Is that real? Yeah. If, that... I, do, if I do a flyby, <laughs> do you do a lot of flybys? What I mean, yes, yeah, sometimes I just do them just for like just to you know get people like ooh. What are you are you patched into the like the uh, the police scanner network? Why well, Glenn is uh, my nephew, so yeah. so he is there. Oh, he's your guy on the yeah, inside. So I just always calling him up. I was like, who's dead? Who's dead? Who's yeah. dead? Who's dead? I, I'm so happy for you. I mean, it's awful that all these people are dying. I mean, specifically law enforcement uh, yeah. individuals, but it's great for you. Every single one of my family members, gone. Wow. Rambo killed all your family members? Well, I think they were, it's collateral damage. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that's going to happen. Don't work in a gas station, I guess. I, that's, I think if we're going to take anything away from this, do not work they in a gas station. They all blow up. Yeah. Every single gas station will blow up. It's just, you're asking for it. And there's barrels of petroleum yeah. all over the place. I don't know why. They're do you there. get good fuel mileage on your uh, on your Bronco? Um, sure. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? I put in $85. Next day, I need more gas. So, But for that day, I'm almost good. So you get a, a day's worth of gas out yeah. of your 85 bucks? Yeah. I don't even know what that, would, what, that, what that math works out to. Yeah, a lot. That's, I mean, that's a lot of... Yeah, you're, you're, you're chewing up a lot of gas. Yeah. What do you and Bev like to do for fun? Uh, we, she's a designer. Oh, really? Yeah. She likes to bedazzle, uh, rhinestone. Uh, so she's creating, because Hollywood types, you know what I mean? Where it's going to get out. This is hot news. It's on all the papers. Yeah. So celebrities might be like, I need one of these body bags, but I'm not going to have a regular old black, like zip up body bag. She's bedazzling your body bags. Yeah. So we're trying to market them to, uh, celebrities. Really? Yeah. Who is your top celebrity that you wish would die in a brutal manner that you could put him on your body bags? I would say, uh, I don't know if he's already dead. Jack Parr? I don't think he is. He's not dead? Uh, no. Nah. him. I'm Jack Parr? Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. You imagine you're just carrying Jack Parr's corpse around yeah, with you? Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. I thought he was, he was my least favorite host. <laughs> So I want oh, him so to you have you have something against Jack Parr. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's a vendetta. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so this But oh, I also great. would like to profit off of him. Sure. And his smug existence. Just, would you I mean, okay. If you I was could, like John. Hey John. And he's like, What? And I was like, Jack Parr. Jack Jack Parr wants to bring you back. You told Rambo that Jack was, Parr wants to send him back yeah, to Vietnam? Yeah, well, he was, he was sleeping with a crossbow, and I would just go and whisper in his ear. Wow, <laughs> you are a brave man, yeah, Bob. Yeah, well. I got to admit, though, I really admire your ingenuity. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, great. I'm a businessman. I mean, it, provided things keep going the way they're going, you could have him be your own personal celebrity disposal unit. Just I'm hoping written. he has some kids, and then they grow up all crazy, too, and then the, it continues. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this seems like it could be very profitable for a very long time. Here's hoping. Are you guys planning on expanding Bob and Bev's body bag service? I mean, are you going outside of Hope, Washington, or? Uh, well, right now it's just uh, it's still in our garage. Yeah. Oh, um, really? Yeah, with the Fords in there. That's nice. Yeah, so it's tight. It's nice and tight. Uh huh. Nice and super tight. But uh, if you know me, I'm thrifty. You know, I yeah. know how to pinch a penny. If I've told you anything here, you got to be frugal. Yeah. If anything, you might say, "Oh, hey, cheapskate, spend a little bit." I was like, mm, "I keep everything pretty, pretty orderly." You know? Yeah, but I think the proof is in the pudding. You have yeah. two Ford Broncos and a garage. Do yeah. you have a home too? No, 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 no. That is the that is the home. The uh, it's got foreclosed, but they're like, "Can we keep the garage?" They're like, "It's pr Prince condemned," and I was just like, "Is it?" And they're like, "Yes." Uh, so uh, here we are. Yeah. I I mean. I feel like if you brought that negotiating tactic to the Ford dealer, you could probably get a better 
a better monthly payment on your. They do not like me. No, no. I don't know why. You're a very nice guy. Yeah, I was like, they were just like, all right, we'll see you soon. I was like, I'll see you soon in one of my body bags. (laughs) They were not happy about that. Well, I mean, look, if they can't be threatened to be murdered, then they're not real car salesmen. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that's a bit, you know, they're sharks. Yeah. And sharks, you know what happens to them. They don't ever sleep. No, true. They don't ever sleep. You got any plans coming up for uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, Yeah, I have it at our place. In the garage? Yeah, no one's coming, though, because there's no one left. Uh, so uh, it'll just be uh, just be us. Well, it's got to make the holidays easier for you and yeah, Bev. You don't yeah. got to deal with a lot of that family drama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we think about inviting John. I mean, I don't know if he's got anything going on. I don't on. know why you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, he might kill something and bring it over here. I mean, he seems like a very handy guy to have around. Yeah, he knows how to cook on a spit. I've never been able to do that. And I think Same. that's such a great skill. Yeah, so. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's great. I hope he does come by for Thanksgiving. Me too. Yeah, it's we're thankful. You should be. Um, well, I mean, everything's going great, Bob. I hope this continues for you. Yeah, me um, too. I hope. I hope there's a way for you to convince John that a bunch of people want to send him back to Vietnam. Yeah, I have a discount code. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For oh. all, yeah, if you want to hear about it for all your listeners. Of course, yes. Please yeah. tell us your discount code. Okay. Uh, you just uh, say, uh, "I'm dead. Give me a body bag." I love it. Yeah, and then you get uh, 10 for the price of one. So if you find yourself in Hope, Washington, Mm -hmm. on the wrong end of John Rambo's crossbow, Mm -hmm. go see Bob and Bev. Tell them, hey, I'm dead. Give me a body bag. 10 for the price of one? Yes. That's a great deal. Yeah, and uh, can can you bring uh, some blankets? Because it's getting cold. There's no heat in the garage? No. Yeah, it's going to get cold. And you turn the four, you turn both Fords on, and then uh, we get a little loopy and um, not safe. You better be careful. Yeah. You yeah. guys might, you know. End up in a body bag. <laughs> in a body bag. Yeah. I like it. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming by. Congratulations on everything. Thank uh, you. Enjoy those Broncos. I will. I, th- I think I hear some explosions, so I gotta get... Oh, give... you gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock. The show was produced by myself and Nate Dufort with editing done by Nate Dufort. Original music was composed by Jesse Case with additional music by Dane Halverson. Our artwork was done by Mark Nishan. Bob was played by Jason Horton. You can catch Jason as a part of the podcast Ghost Town and on Instagram at the Jason Horton. If you'd like to support My Neighbors Are Dead while getting unique swag and a look behind the scenes of how we make the show, go to patreon.com slash dead. No amount is too small and every bit helps. If you have yet to rate and review the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do so now. It helps us grow and it helps new neighbors find the show. And you can find us on Facebook and at Instagram at My Neighbors Are Dead and on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Stop by, give us a follow, and share your favorite episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. 
Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.